Hello ninjas and ninjas, and welcome to another episode of the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. My name is Tim Cameron Kitchen, best-selling digital marketing author and head ninja at Exposure Ninja. In this episode, I'm joined by Rob Greenlee from Spreaker. Now, Spreaker is a podcast app. It's uh, well, it's more like a podcast platform, really, so you can record and you can share podcasts on it. The reason I wanted to bring Rob on the show is he's been in podcasting since the very beginning, like 2004, since before podcasting was even really a thing. So I brought him onto the show and we talk about different ways that businesses can advertise and promote themselves with podcasting, both as an advertiser and as also running your running your own shows and using it as more like a content marketing platform. So we talk through some different advertising models. We talk through some tips for how to run good ads. We also talk through some examples as well. And then Rob gives us a bit of an insight into where he thinks the future of podcasting is growing and the reasons for its growth so far. Really fascinating episode. And Rob has a lot of insights from someone who spent a long time in this area. Don't forget, if you want some free help with your digital marketing, if you want to generate more leads and sales from your website, my team and I offer a free marketing review and strategic plan. So what we'll do here is we'll dig through your website, your competitor sites, we'll have a look at your market and we'll put together a customized plan that you can follow to get more leads and sales from your website. It's completely free of charge and it's delivered as a 20 minute video to you, which we'll record and send over in a couple of days. Now you can get this at ExposureNinja.com forward slash review. That's ExposureNinja.com forward slash review. Just need a few details about your business, then we'll put together your plan and show you how you can generate more leads and sales through your website. Anyway, without further ado, Rob Greenlee from Spreaker. Well, Rob, welcome to the show. It's great to be here. It's safe to say, I hope you don't mind me saying this, but Rob, you've been around podcasting probably as long as, if not longer than anybody else. Is that right? Yeah, I was actually doing audio production online uh, even before podcasting actually officially started. So I had a, a, a radio show that I was making available online through streaming back in the early 2000s, uh, late 90s. So I was distributing a lot of my audio content that I was producing online. Um, it's just a, a stream off a Windows media server or a real server, which um, are not used quite as much these days. That was a big part of it. And then I was just making my audio show that I was producing at that time, basically available as an MP3 download off of my website. So when podcasting started, it was a pretty easy transition for me. I just added the enclosure tag to my blog feed, which I already had, basically an RSS feed. And I was podcasting. So to me, it wasn't really a big thing at the time back in 2004. I really wasn't getting that much of an audience from the podcasting side. I was mainly getting it from other places. I had been involved in a lot of other kind of precursors to podcasting from the standpoint of platforms that had existed prior to podcasting that were doing essentially the same thing as podcasting. So in some ways, uh, the evolution of what happened with podcasting for me was more around it becoming more of an open source type of platform. It was, uh, you know, it was using that RSS technology, which is very much an open standard that anybody can adopt and, and, and use. And it really created a situation where you know podcasting could flourish and, and grow and reach its potential that we're seeing today. I'm, I'm curious, did you, when you started in it, obviously you, you mentioned that you weren't getting a huge audience from the podcasting side, but when did you get a sense of the scale that podcasting would reach? I think it was always there because I always felt that, that audio content needed to be on demand. 
I had spent a lot of time on the radio side. So I was doing live radio. So I was kind of experiencing that and then realizing I started making my show available anytime off my website that I could kind of see that trend line and I could see what was happening around music and TV and and movies and things. People were shifting over to consuming it on their schedule instead of expecting to only consume it on a programmer's schedule or radio station's lineup of linear content. So that was the big transition that I think is really behind it. And then obviously when when the smartphone came out and, and these portable listening devices started to happen more and more. Uh, and then I, I started to work for Zune, which was trying to compete with the iPod over at a small company called Microsoft, uh, which I did for a few years. I was in the middle of that world. You know, I was working on the uh, Zune kind of TV store. So that whole on-demand world was a big part of my uh, past. Was a part of that growth and the, the development of media consumption on, on demand. And I think if I really think back and look at it, that's really what my career has really been about um, over the last 13 years is this transition to on-demand media content. And, and obviously that, that focus in your career has, has stayed now you're with Spreaker. For those who don't know about Spreaker, perhaps you could uh, give a bit of an intro into what it's all about and, and how you ended up there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been quite a quite a journey. I mean, over 13 years, but landing at Spreaker was... Uh, was fantastic because it really, the company has an orientation towards audio content that is very much aligned with how I think of audio content. So it was really a perfect fit for me. Uh, Spreaker uh, looks at audio content uh, from the full spectrum. They look at it as, uh, as live as well as on demand. And those were the two areas that I've spent a lot of my career in, in live radio and, and the on demand side. So it was a perfect combination for me to come in and help them. You know, so I think that the big differentiation with Spreaker, obviously, it's a podcast hosting platform that has listening apps, and, and it also has creation recording app um, also that are free that you can do live streaming in, you can record, you can take in Skype calls directly into it, and best of all, the software is free. So they're freely available off of the Spreaker website or in the iOS and Android app stores, so you can get them for your, your portable device too. And I, I think a lot of people are starting to realize that that iPhone in their pocket is a terrific podcast recording device. So, you know, you don't have to go out and buy specialized equipment now to start podcasting. And obviously, once you kind of get started and get in the groove of it, you can get that expensive microphone if you want. But it's a lot easier now to to record a podcast and it's everything. Yeah, it sure is. I, I want to ask you about, you know, we're on a digital marketing podcast here and uh, a lot of our listeners are entrepreneurs and business owners and marketing managers. Since the growth of podcasting, a lot of people are using podcasts, obviously, as, a, as, as another marketing channel. With your career and your experience and your kind of big picture view of the podcasting world, you obviously have access to quite a large data set. So I'm guessing that you, you spot trends and, and interesting avenues quicker than most. How do you see businesses using podcasting to grow day to day at the moment? Yeah, I mean, it really, it's... It's about connecting with your customers and, uh, and listeners. It's really fundamental to what podcasting is really all about. Is it's a very personal medium. And you as a business owner or a consultant or somebody that's trying to um, connect with people to share knowledge or to help and then create you know, a revenue flow or revenue stream out of that, podcasting is a great way to um, share your expertise, get, get people familiar with who you are, it's kind of this exchange that happens in business today. And I think sales come from this is 
is being able to offer something of value first and build um, like an expert kind of uh, status can then be looked upon by others as a value to them in their lives because you've you've been able to prove yourself and you're out there helping others. And then when you help others, they they in turn want to come back and work with you. So I think podcasting can benefit any business based on that that kind of relationship. It doesn't matter what you sell. Really, at the end of the day, it could be uh, just services. It could be a product. Podcasting can help you better service your your customer. Be a customer support resource. And it can also be a, a show that, that talks about how to better use your product uh, or service. It just gives you that personal connection with your customer that is so important now to uh, grow a business. That's a really interesting idea about using it as a customer service for existing customers as a kind of back-end engagement piece, which is, uh, yeah, I, th- I think really curious. Obviously, the, the benefit for businesses, there can be a benefit on, on either side of the mic. I, I want to ask you about advertising on, on shows. I remember reading a thing about advertising on the Tim Ferriss show that said something like it was about $50,000 for a minimum of three shows or something like that. So obviously, you know, some people are making some, some serious money from this if, if those sorts of numbers are being, are being thrown around. So where are we at at the moment with podcast advertising, i.e., who is advertising? How much are they spending? And what sorts of shows are people targeting? Well, it's a very complicated um, question because there's there's a spectrum involved in in what's happening in the advertising business. There's very very large shows or podcasts that are out there that are gathering millions of downloads and listeners, and those are typically uh, shows that are attracting those those big name advertisers. So most of the advertising in the space today is is typically um, what they consider to be kind of a direct response, kind of um, pay for performance type of model or a CPA uh, and CPM campaigns uh, are part of it as well, where an advertiser comes in and, and either pays for the size of your audience um, on a per thousand listener basis, or they pay for just the performance that, that you have. What's the conversion off of, let's say, uh, a promo code or something like that? What's the customer acquisition? And then they would pay a per customer acquisition fee to, to a show. So there's, and those are broken out by CPA and CPM models. The bigger shows typically go with the CPM models because they, they have, let's say, 500,000 listeners. So you have this spectrum most advertisers are looking for shows that have at least probably 10 to 20,000 plays or downloads before they'll they'll really do a typical advertising campaign that does kind of limit the the amount of shows that really could play in that side of advertising that's not to say that uh, it's not possible to get an advertiser for a smaller show i think if you have a niche piece of content that you're producing that has good audience engagement Find a business or a service that's out there that's very compatible with your audience and that's maybe niche. And then try and go after that advertiser to sponsor your show as a whole, uh, not necessarily based on what your CPM model is or CPA model is. I think that's that's more for you know like an agency kind of ad buying type of situation. What I'm talking about here is more of a one-to-one kind of relationship with a, another small business or a online business and trying to reach out to them and make a connection. Maybe you have them on as a guest, you engage with them, you 
connect with them based on a common target audience. And you might be able to get like a per show sponsorship. So like you would mention them in the show, maybe you talk about their products during during your program and then they pay you some fixed amount every every episode. Uh, so I, I do hear about shows getting into those type of relationships, but th- those would be more of the show host or creator making a connection with uh, a business that has a compatible target audience. So I think that there's an opportunity there as well. I think a lot of other people use their podcast, just like we were talking about before, to support some other business that they're doing as well. And they can they can talk about that business in their podcast. It's a little more of a content marketing approach than it is more of an advertising approach. And I do kind of you know lean a little bit more towards the content marketing side as the best use of this medium versus straight advertising because people typically ignore advertising. And so having that, that kind of connection, authenticity, and the host having a strong connection with the advertising message and giving testimonials and things like that and have that integrated into the content makes it much more, much more effective. It drives a stronger ROI for, for, for the advertiser. So like I was saying, there's kind of a spectrum here and not everybody's going to fit into being able to support an advertising model right away. It, it may take you some time and in getting your audience built up and getting your program kind of established before you can really start going after advertisers. But, but I think for a lot of shows, it, it's definitely an option. And it's something that um, a lot of shows will have the opportunity to pursue to lesser and more success uh, out there, depending on, you know, if you pull together a media kit and you're professional about it and you go out there and you're able to really do a really great kind of host read for that sponsor. I think that's another skill that you would need to work on to, to really make your advertising approach in your podcast successful as well. So you mentioned a few different advertising models there, CPA, CPM, sponsoring, the entire show and then obviously using you know using it as a content marketing platform i'm just wondering is it is it if there's a listener who wants to test out some advertising on podcasts how do they start navigating this minefield how do they identify whether it would be a cpa or cpm model which would be best for them and and then how do they start approaching shows without you know having to splash out mega mega bucks to, to, to test this stuff yeah i think really it's about the the scale and how large your audience is is kind of going to help you decide where you're going to live on that spectrum. Right now, typically a CPM campaign will pay you maybe somewhere between $10 and $25 per thousand listeners for, let's say, a host read, maybe a 30 to 45 second host read in your podcast. So if you're only getting like maybe 2,000 listeners, the most that you'd be getting is like maybe $50 or something like that. So that may not be worth it for someone. And you may have a difficult time finding an advertiser that would be willing to, to pay based on that model. You know, if you have a smaller show, you need to look at it as a little bit of a stronger kind of target audience connection and not so much of a typical kind of advertising outreach, which typically is not quite as targeted. Though I think that there's definitely a lot of movement towards podcast advertising becoming more targeted, you know, especially with dynamic ad insertion, being able to geo-target based on IP and city and country and things like that, of being able to, to take an advertiser and be able to funnel them in the particular path towards a, a particular audience 
to drive a better ROI. And I think that that's the opportunity going forward. So I think it's really a matter of where you are in your creation process, how big your audience is, uh, where you need to play. I think in the beginning, I think you need to play more around content marketing and trying to work with like maybe an individual advertiser. Yeah, I think a great example is my co-host of my other podcast that I do called The New Media Show. And it's actually um, my co-host there does a show called Geek New Central Podcast. And he's had a 13-year or 12 or 13-year relationship with GoDaddy, who's been a sponsor of his program. So he's had one advertiser for 12 years that sponsors his show every every week. So that's the kind of relationship that, that, that I think other shows can start to explore and see if they can find that one advertiser that will be that steady influence or that steady advertiser to, to drive some revenue to your program. Yeah, that's really interesting. And, you know, the potential GoDaddies out there who want to find a podcast to sponsor, what are some of the signs they should look for? How should they identify if a podcast would be a suitable show to, to go out to sponsor? If you're a brand looking for a show to to sponsor. I think what you're looking for is a show that has an engaged audience that is really talking about issues that are important to your brand and to your target audience. So, and that's really kind of a content marketing approach, but to be able to write along with that. So you, if you think about a, a show that's talking about medical, medical issues or things like that, you can probably have some sponsors that are maybe um, selling medical supplies or medical equipment or things like that that can um, can write along with your podcast because you're reaching a similar target audience. And, uh, you know, I, I know it's tough to give ballpark, it's tough to give exact figures here, but what sort of results should people expect? Is this a kind of, I'm advertising in a newspaper and I'm immediately looking to get downloads of my app or sales? Or is this a is it a longer term awareness and brand building campaign that, that people would be typically expecting from a, from a sponsorship of a show or indeed some host reads on, on a podcast? I mean, that's a very good question because it, it does kind of pull in some, some misperceptions about advertising in the podcasting space that I think that there may be some expectations of instant results because people are used to digital advertising as, as a uh, instant medium that you know you should be able to get results instantaneously from this kind of thing but it is a people medium and it does take some time and frequency to connect with an audience even at a personal level the timing can, can be an issue depending on what the product or the actual service is too around when that customer is ready to convert so you're kind of doing multiple things you're giving them the opportunity to purchase a particular product and offering some sort of a discount or a value for it. But at the same time, you're, you're trying to get in that, that listener's head, uh, your brand and your message. So when it is time for them to make a decision to, to buy something or to transact for, for that product or service, that they think of that brand first because they heard it in your podcast. Sometimes the conversions in podcasting uh, around advertising can be a little delayed. My recommendation is that you, that you think of advertising campaigns as a little bit more of a long-term approach. Um, so multi-month uh, sponsorships. I think it's a mistake to come in and sponsor a show for a week and then walk away and, and think, oh, I didn't get any results from that. 
the pattern that I've seen with, uh, you know, with advertisers getting, you know, kind of customer results and conversions is over a, uh, multiple weeks after a campaign, even as completed, it starts to come in. There's a little bit of a delayed response that happens and it takes quite a few kind of frequency of impressions before it, it really sinks into that listener that you as a brand or as a product or service is something that they should consider if they're looking for that type of product or service. You, you mentioned earlier dynamic insertion, which I was actually reading about on your blog. Sounds like a fascinating technology. How, how does that work? And if a brand was looking to advertise using dynamic insertion, what, what's the process there? Well, it's really about being able to change your advertising messages in your content is really what the foundation of the of the reason for dynamic ad insertion is. So you can always have fresh advertising across all of all of your episodes, not just your your latest program. Though some people use it that way, it's basically just a, a technology that enables you to target based on IP address. So you could target a particular advertising message to a particular city based on an IP address or a particular country. And probably eventually they'll be targeted down probably a little bit more refined than that. You could target it down to a subset of your audience that would only get a certain type of ad message. I think what holds that back to some degree is privacy of data of the, uh, of the program or the host or the ad insertion technology, knowing what that customer is uh, what their psychographics are for better targeting and things like that. But the, um, the technology can also be s- something that's used to create unique forms of content too. So you could use it as a way to inject different segments into a program as well. So you could create different versions of your show using the dynamic stitching capability. So what that technology really does is it enables you to take a, a series of, uh, or one or two pieces of audio content and dynamically stitch them together uh, to create your program or to add to it or to remove segments from your show automatically. Uh, And that's all taken care of at the server end. And you just program it to do a campaign or do a a window of time when when it does those combinations at the server end. So it is very powerful technology that can be used for a lot of different uses. And I know a lot of the cutting edge uses of it right now is is using that technology with um, pre-recorded host reads. So you kind of combine the best of both worlds, uh, not running like radio style advertising, but you run a host read or host read um, sponsor endorsement and you do using dynamic insertion to actually put it into your program. That's super interesting. It, I guess it takes, it takes podcast advertising from being what can sometimes feel a little bit a little bit old school and a little bit analog where you've just got this recorded thing that's there forever, even if the offer updates or something and taking it more kind of digital and dynamic and uh, enabling people to keep the ads in their shows fresh compared to, to compared to older methods. Really, really, really interesting. As a, as someone who has kind of seen advertising in, in podcasts in, in various different formats, do you have any tips for advertisers about the sort of approach to take with their advertising? So I know we talked about it being a kind of longer play and maybe a bit more like traditional radio advertising there. And, and But then earlier also you mentioned using voucher codes. So what are some of the, the, the methods that you've seen advertisers use which have been most effective? Yeah, I think that the best method is to 
is to just give um, the show host or the program that you're going to be advertising on some freedom to to take your message and to craft it in a way that's, uh, I guess, more natural to to the host. And also the uh, host needs to have experience with your product or service so they can more authentically talk about it and share what they saw as the benefits or the the function of your particular product or, or service and why it has value so that they can genuinely talk about it as part of their host endorse, whether it's dynamically inserted or read live into the program itself. I think it's really important to have an authentic ad spot that's read by the actual host itself that is is really true to the product. Now, I think that the, the advertiser has a responsibility to share a outline of the what they understand to be the product's benefits and and capabilities. So the uh, host knows what the primary message needs to be. So there's some consistency and some synergy between the company's uh, overall advertising message. So the host needs to be able to walk that line between giving an authentic presentation of what the product or services is capable of doing in their own experience and then taking what the company is providing them weaving that in so it creates kind of a unique but consistent message around what that product or service can offer based on their other marketing campaigns that they're doing for that product or service. So there's some synergy there as a crossover, but then the host kind of adds their own little flavor of experience and strong testimonial to why this is something that his or her audience should be really, really serious about looking at uh, buying or signing up for it, it sounds like it's a, a bit like when we're running an influencer marketing campaign and you never really go to an influencer and say here's the ad or here's the post that you're going to run you say i've got some ideas about things you know what do you feel your audience is, is going to be most receptive to and how do you want to pitch this so recognizing that one of the reasons that you're going to this person is because they have a rapport and they understand how their audience works so you don't just want to kind of bulldoze over that and say, here's the script for my ad, just read it. You, you kind of want to let them do their bit too, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, what you don't want to do is you you don't want to create a, a radio spot. What you want to create as a podcast host read that's in that's really an endorsement is what you want because that's what audiences will connect with. That's what they'll they'll remember. Uh, and and don't create this kind of this uh, this break mentality that has typically permeated the whole radio side of uh, the advertising side because then that that is like giving a stop sign to your audience saying stop listening because this is an ad just um, naturally flow into talking about your sponsor of the program and and why it's important that you as an audience member support this this particular sponsor because it helps support me in keeping this this program going so that's the kind of message that will connect with an audience at the right level. And that can be really, really powerful for you. So more like advertorial, I guess it's like, it's just like a magazine, isn't it? Where you get, tend to get a better response if your ads look like the articles and if they look like ads, because people buy magazines for articles, not ads. So you make your... <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a difficult line to walk and you do need to be be careful about it. I mean, I think you do need to say at the beginning of your host read that... that this is a, a sponsor of the program. 
I think that 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 line needs to be there somewhat, but it needs to be subtle. It doesn't need to be like a, a music break or something like that. We'll be right back, you know, with after you've heard this this advertising message. I'm not sure that that needs to be there anymore because then it is like it's it is like putting a line in the sand saying fast forward from here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Obviously, we've seen. A ma- or it feels like we've seen a massive boom in podcasts over the over the past few years in particular. How do you see it from your perspective? Would you, would you say that podcasting has increased significantly or is it just because I'm listening to more podcasts so I think that it seems to have grown? <laughs> well, I think what's really happened, um, if you go back and you really look at the actual data itself, is podcasting has steadily grown over the last 13 years. It's been steady every year get more content, more listeners. But but it is true that the, the last couple of years, it's grown a little faster. So I think we've reached kind of a little bit of an inflection point where content is is better and there's more people hearing about it because uh, podcasting is much more in the, the news, in the press, and there's better shows out there. So people are building larger audiences. So more people are hearing about it. I mean, podcasting is a very word-of-mouth medium, and that's no pun intended. People share it verbally you know, to each other and with each other. If there's a program that they really like, they'll tell a friend, and then that friend tells another friend. And it's, that's how this medium grows, and that's one reason why it's grown kind of slowly over the 13 years. It's because it has been that way. There hasn't been anybody out there running national advertising campaigns uh, promoting podcasting. So it has to grow kind of naturally and organically through people connections. That, that's a really good point. I mean, do you think that if we would say fast forward five years, do you think that this this increase continues? Yes, it is. I mean, it's going to continue. I think it's going to follow a little bit of a path of people listening to less radio and people are, will convert to more on-demand content. I think we've seen that pattern happening over over the whole lifespan of podcasting. Those that listen to podcasts tend to listen to a lot of podcasts. So, and then what happens is that they they listen to less radio. And that's what the, the research is showing is that people that get connected with podcasting and start using it, start listening a lot. I mean, like eight hours a week of content that they'll listen to podcasts once they get, it's almost like getting addicted to coffee or something like that. People just <laughs> want more of it because it's giving them what they want. It's not them being programmed. They're able to program their own lives and plug in content that they want to listen to when they can listen to it. And that's what's also great about this medium too, is it's portable. There's a lot of different uh, listening situations that you can listen to this content in, unlike television and, and reading, which are very visual and very, you, know, you have to really focus and have attention the audio content and the portability of this content uh, can be consumed whether you're at the gym or out on a walk or walking your dog or or in your car and you're in a traffic jam. There's just so many places that you can listen to this content. And as long as there's something there that you're compelled to listen to, that's what's going to drive this, this medium forward. Uh, let's assume that at some point, podcasts are going to fade away or die out. Do you have any ideas what might replace them? What medium would kill podcasts if it came along? I think telepathy. <laughs> so there wouldn't need to be any, uh, I mean, it's a new form of kind of uh, 
wireless communication, right? We just communicate to each other without even thinking about it. So that's the only way I can see it being being replaced. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, I uh, I definitely definitely want in on that when you discover how to do that. <laughs> Rob, it's been absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us and thank you everybody for tuning in.